Welcome to another Friday edition of Second City Sports, right here live in a living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG SK80. Once again, that's SK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. Make sure you uh, download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. <laughs> and also, too, you can listen to any of our other five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. And if you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. So make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. And make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search, search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you have a comment or question or any of our topics during today's show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or on Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to say or do something stupid or you decide to troll, Lakina will give you the beer lane beer boot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Lakina, let's get this party started on another hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports. The Bears actually made some good news for once. They hired uh, a new general manager, uh, the first African-American general manager in franchise history. His name is Ryan Poles, and he was given the keys to hire his own head coach. You know who he hired, the Indianapolis Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus. Did I pronounce that correctly, or is it plus? I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure. You know when they does they do the press for this. I'm sure okay. he'll. I'm sure he'll uh, make the correction there. But look, this is one. This is one of those. You know, hell if I know. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if this was a this was the right move. I mean, look, I you know I've touted the Colts defense, one of the top defense in the league the last few years, and Coach Irufus was a big part of that. Um, you know, and also too for for polls. I mean, you know, this, this is a you know very mindful guy. You know, went to BC, had a couple coffee with the Bears. He's an old lineman. So, yeah, all those things are, look, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is a good move or not. We'll just have to wait and see, you know. It, this was, this was pulls is higher, you know, because apparently, I guess, according to various, you know, reports, you know, depending on who you talk to, apparently, apparently Bill Polian wanted Jim Caldwell, of course, to go back to their days in mm-hmm. Indianapolis in the early 2000s. Uh, McCat- George McCaskey and the two other people that were part of the process apparently all, apparently wanted Dan Quinn, but Poles wanted Eberflus, mm-hmm. so... Maybe he saw something that they didn't. I don't know. But again, this is another one of those, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So I think if you're, if you're going to say that, oh, well, I, you know, you really don't know. So there's just so many, you know, parameters here. And look, do you find a really good defensive coordinator? I know there's some names being floated out there. But, but again, I mean, you know, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, we we'll have to see him on the football field. Cause I don't know how, I don't know how you feel, Sip, but I don't think they're, they're, con- or they're a contender. They're going to have to get rid of, they're going to get rid of a lot of dead money. So, I don't think they're uh, close to contending yet. We'll get to the, to the salary cap situation in just a moment. I want to go back to the new GM, Ryan Poles. Uh, he was interviewed uh, by the Bears the other day. And, of course, the Minnesota Vikings hired a own, their own general manager, who's also African-American as well. But Ryan Poles was scheduled to interview with the Vikings. He told George McCaskey up front, 
according to reports, if you're not going to let me hire my head, uh, uh, my own uh, head coach, I'm not going to work for you. I got Minnesota in my back pocket. If that's a power move right there. What are you going to do? Of course, George caved in the hiring Ryan Posey and, and the rest is history. Now, I'm with you again as far as the rest of the coaches that we're probably going to uh, see and hear uh, a news conference probably on Monday. I don't know if we'll be doing our show or Sean and Maya's. So stay tuned to Sports on Chicago for uh, all the uh, latest uh, updates and details. But I know that Peanut Tillman, the former Bear, Lance Briggs, a former Bear who's on NBC Sports Chicago's football after show. Uh, of course, they play under uh, Lovey Smith uh, many years ago. And both of them say hire Rod Marinelli, uh, who's a longtime defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers. And he worked with the Bears here in Chicago uh, many years ago. They say hire mm-hmm. him as a defensive coordinator. I'm worried about more of the offensive side of the ball. Who are you going to hire there? Because that's going to set the tone or or who are you going to get in terms of draft and free agency later? I, I want to see who the new offensive coordinator is. And that's going to be the question to you. Know, George, George, hello. What's up, George? Said I'm surprised they hired a brother and gave him some power. I mean, look, that's a GM. You know, there, there actually are quite a few African-American GMs now in the NFL. You know, you know, with, you know, of course, with polls and Kwase move. I, I gotta get his gotta get his name right. Go. He just got hired from the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I know they got one up in a in the with the Lions, you know, and a few other places too. And I think there's one down there with the Falcons. So I think, look, I, I think this is probably one of the I don't know if this is one of the like this is one of the main reasons why they they had they hired, had a hiring committee so that they can kind of have a fair process. You know, it wouldn't be like a Rooney Wall type situation where they just had a token, you know, guy, you know, interview mm-hmm. for the job. So you know, they'd see, look, you know, they say like he had the best person for the job and you know, like he, he pulled the power move. So again, did it end up being like a smart move? We'll just have to wait and see, but you know, I, I think the diversity, I, you know, the NFL to their credit is trying to get more, di- you know, more, more diversity, more minorities and more females in those higher up positions like a GM and the things like that. So like, we'll just have to wait and see if he does a good job. You're listening to second city sports on a hashtag football Friday. Edition. We are live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina are here with you. Second City Sports. Lakina, one more point about Ryan Falls. Remember when we aired the press comments when George McCassie, as you said, uh, has some word salad stuff going on, keeping it clean for, for the kids. And he was um, doing the mumble jumble on that press comments a couple of weeks ago. Joe Lewis from the Barbershop Network, uh, who, who covers the Bears for that great website. Hopefully we can get him on this show very soon. Yeah, he was the only reporter in town to ask the question, where are you going to look to hire young people, new fresh blood to, to turn this thing around? And I noticed that that Ryan Pulse is age 37. I know he tried out for the Bears uh, back in 07, I believe. He didn't get his mm-hmm. chance, but he was determined to work in the world of football and look where he is now. So I like that. Uh, a young person is getting his chance. He worked his way up through the Kansas City organization. I know he was with a couple other teams before then, but this young man worked his way up. And now he's given the full opportunity to to lead the, the charter franchise at the NFL. And look, this is a good opportunity for him again. You know, people, you know, he comes highly touted and highly recommended. I mean, he helped build that team in Kansas City that's still doing successful things, you know, now. So, of course, that, that photo, of course, when they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you know, that's a photo that's being shown all over the Bears' social media. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, can he lead the Bears to that? I mean, that, that's going to be the number one question. It's going to be about the coaching staff. It's going to who he brings in. It's going to be about, you know, the personnel decisions, you know, are you going to have a, a good offensive, you know, offensive coordinator to coach around Justin Fields, help develop him? Mm-hmm. Is he the guy? I just don't know. And 
you know, uh, you know, George, you know, with another opinion saying that the OC is the most important hire, black GM for mm-hmm. the Bears, hip hop super Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. Oh, <laughs> if you know PG, to give him a call. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Well, look, if, if Calm is available, I know he still does, you know, some stuff. So we'll see. Oh, he's from Chicago, so we'll see what happened there. But yeah, I mean, look, this whole thing. I mean, again, it, this is not, you know, a make or break. But like I said before, I mean, it's all. It, I don't. I can't really say because of the fact that we haven't seen him coach yet. We haven't seen, you know, Mr. Poles, you know, draft anybody yet. We don't mm-hmm. know how Abby, Matt Earfoot now. What we've all heard, you know, he's a great motivator. So, okay, you, yes, you could, you know, that that Colts performance against the Jaguars at the end of the season aside that kept them going to the playoffs, but that's a whole nother uh, conversation. But yeah, it, it's sort of look, I like, like I said, I, I can't tell you. I don't know what to tell y'all. And I think, and I'm glad that most people are saying, look, I, I don't know what to think of this. We just got to wait and see. Yeah, and going back to Matt Eberflus, uh, the new head coach, uh, some of the things I've been reading and, and hearing over the last 48 hours or so. He has the old Lovey Smith, Rob Marinelli, if you want to call it, mentality of getting the ball out, punching the ball out, and uh, creating turnovers. But the one other factor here that I like that I've been hearing in, in over the last couple of days, he holds people accountable. Remember, Lakina, how many times that we discussed over this podcast mm-hmm. and over the show these last couple of years, uh, players like Eddie Jackson and former players now like Javon Williams and Anthony Miller, those players who did right. something stupid, and they were still rewarded by getting playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the culture and the tone needed to be changed at Hallis Hall. It looks like Matt Eberflus is going to do that. Uh, we know that tough situations are going to come up in any season. How he's going to handle that, we'll wait and see on that. But for all the things I've been reading and hear, hearing, I, uh, I like the temperament of, uh, this new head coach. Now, you, you talked about the Indianapolis Colts defense last year, Lakino. Of course, they had Phillip Rivers as their quarterback a year ago, but that defense was good. Remember that game against the Bears last year? The mm-hmm. Bears looked like crap. Yes, <laughs> you did. saw what the Colts. You saw what the Colts did. They still have good young talent on that defense, led by Darius Leonard uh, and and um, and Rucker. So uh, that Indianapolis defense is still a good defense. And this past season, they led the AFC in turnovers with thirty three. And so, Mister Mister Matt. E- um, Eberflus knows what he's doing. And going back to that roster, which we'll break down in a minute, Lakin, I'll ask you uh, what do you think about what they're going to do uh, this offseason. But this team, uh, outside of 2018, struggled to, uh, to take the ball away. They did get their sacks here and there, but in the turnover department outside of 2018, it's been a struggle. It, it really has, and I think that's the thing that was missing this past season. Was yeah, the defense did what you know they did the defensive things. You know they they had sacks. You know Robert Quinn had a great season, led the team in sacks. But you know there was where was that peanut punch that we we all know and love, or what was you know this and that. Now hopefully Eberflus can you know be the, sort of the guy to kind of reemphasize mm-hmm. that, and plus also depending on who they choose as a defensive coordinator. So it, it's sort of like I said, it's good. It's one of those things where you, you sort of wonder, okay, what's going to be sort of like the the, the top priority. Now, do you get an old lineman? You know, yeah, you know, Mr. Poles is a, is a former old lineman. Do you try to get, you know, do they go online? Do they try to trade, you know, some, you know, some of the picks that they got from the later rounds to try to get a first round pick? Because remember, they don't have a first round pick, you know, this spring, folks. Mm-hmm. So remember that. So because of the Justin Fields trade. Yeah. So and also too, you know, you got a lot of guys that are coming up. I mean, Hicks is probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have said maybe they maybe they may have to trade Khalil Mack. I don't know if that's. I mean, I don't know if that's you know that's going to be the thing that that's going to be for them to do. But look, it's it's going to be one of those things where this I don't think this team is not ready to win now. It, they're not, and I I feel like there's a sort of a I don't know the 
next year is going to be terrible. I think people need to kind of, you know, should not be surprised. They go like, you know, seven and 10 or like, you know, six and 11 or something like that. Cause I, I feel like that's just going to be sort of like the thing here, but you know, it, it's, it's going to be one of those things where you wonder like, okay, what's, what's going to happen with this, you know, the roster is the roster. Like I said before, I don't think this roster is, is prepared to win next year. I guess you can go for worst or first like that in the NFL, mm-hmm. but you know, you look at the personnel, there's going to be, look, you don't know, well, you know, Grant, I mean, you don't know, is he, is he going to be your answer? Um, you know, are you going to, is David Montgomery going to be used more? I, we, we just don't know any of that. If you have a question or comment for us uh, about the Chicago Bears, what do you think about the two new hires? You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. We have another comment from George Allow. The offensive line should be a priority. We agree. Do you think Allen Robinson is going to say to no. say me personally? No, no, no. no. Obviously, give a short street for you, George. No, no, that's <laughs> not. He's going to want to look. If you look at his girlfriend's uh, Instagram, I think she's over it too. <laughs> and I'll t- I'm sure, you know, A-Rob, I think if you're A-Rob, you want to go to a contender. The Bears aren't going to contend next year, so you're just going to try to maybe go somewhere else. And I don't think they're going to give you the money either. I think, you know, that, that money, I'm sure Mr. Poles feel like it's going to be probably used elsewhere. Yeah. Speaking of the money, Lakino, the Bears will have close to $30 million in cash space this offseason. Uh, and new GM Ryan Poles will have a lot of work to do. I was talking to somebody away from here actually yesterday, and I said this to this person. You know, each new coaching staff will look at the film from the previous year, and they're going to look at what players can we use, what players can we bring in, what scheme can we can we use. And looking at the, uh, I'm sure this new coaching staff is going to have a lot of Nice, they're going to puke <laughs> looking at what mm-hmm. Matt Necky did at the offensive end. But it's going to determine what uh, what the new coaching staff, uh, the schemes they're going to use, and what, what determ- that's going to determine what type of players they're going to get. Will the Bears still run a 3-4 defense, or will they want a, a basic 4-3 Tampa 2 defense? We'll soon find that out. But going to the salary cap numbers, Khalil Mack, as you mentioned, Lakina, he has a cap number hit of $30.1 million. His base salary is twelve over $12 million. Robert Quinn, who's uh, second on the team in, in total salary, uh, his cap number is, a, oh, is just a, a shade over $17 million. Eddie Goldman, who didn't play last year due to COVID concerns, he barely played this year. He's making $11.8 million. Nick Foles, this is the question. What are they going to do with him? Are you going to keep him at backup quarterback? Because he makes $10.6 million. That's his cap number. How you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be the thing that Mr. Paul is gonna have to figure out because you know, are you, do you want to waste another ten million on them? Maybe I don't know, but you know, it's one of those things where you wonder, like, okay, is this is it worth you know, keeping him, or do you want to keep a veteran, you know, like Foles to help develop, help you know, kind of like you know, mm-hmm. you know, mentor field. So that that's gonna be another thing that's gonna you know that they're gonna have to figure out. But I I, I feel like look the. Is he the right guy to do it? We'll just have to wait and see. But I feel like, well, like I said before, we're just going to see how they do off the field. We're going to have to see how Mr. Poles does in his first NFL draft. We'll have to see, you know, some other moves that they make during the off season. And and look, I mean, yes, they're going to have a lot of money, you know, to you know to you know to play with. But so will a lot of other teams. So you're going to be competing mm-hmm. against other teams that are going to be going to get rid of a lot of dead money. And once everything, you know, the salary caps readjusted, so we mm-hmm. look a lot of this is sort of just to be continued. 
Yeah, just a couple other names for you, Lakina. Eddie Jackson, he makes over $15 million uh, this year. That's that's his cap number. Danny Trevathan, well, we assume that he's going to get cut. I was surprised he, he was brought back this year. He makes $5.7 mm-hmm. million. Andy Dalton, he's a free agent. He made over uh, $5 million this year, so uh, he's not going to be brought back. Uh, here's the player that no one's talking about, and he didn't play this year. He got injured. Uh, during the 2020 season that's Tariq Horn his basic cat number is is 5.7 million dollars do you think uh, the new the new GM Ryan Post will make a surprise move in cutting him he might I mean like I said before if it saves money and if he wants to come back I think you know that I'm sure the offer will be on the table but I at this point we don't know what's going to be his mindset you know so I don't know I mean he just has, has been pretty has been very productive. So exactly, I that you know, that might be a case for him to kind of cut his losses. But again, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and Roe Cross Smith is uh, his cap hip is nine point seven million dollars. They're not going to cut him. Do they resign him this offseason? Even though the cap is supposed to go up on like a year ago due to the pandemic. And that's another, that's another question. I mean, I know that. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know what, it, it's going to be, like I said before, I think he's a, probably one of the few guys that was actually pretty productive last year besides mm-hmm. Quinn. And he's still playing on his rookie contract. So I think I'm sure he's going to try to keep him and perhaps maybe try to you know pay him his worth. But how much they're going to pay him, I don't know. But, uh, you know, what his agent thinks, you know, we'll have to ask his agent about that. But, yeah, it's yeah. going to be very interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, you listen to Second City Sports and the Hashtag Football Friday edition right here live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Lakina, we have a couple of minutes left before we have to break for the bottom of the hour. Here are the top five teams in the National Football League with the most cap space uh, this upcoming offseason. The base salary cap is supposed to be projected at just over $208 million. The Dolphins lead the league with over $65 million in cap space, followed by the Jaguars at $59 million. The Cincinnati Bengals, who will play in the AFC title game on Sunday, we'll talk about them coming up the next hour at $59 million. The ch- the Chargers at fifty eight million and the New York Jets at forty six point eight million million dollars. And the teams are in salary cap hell. Are as follows: uh, the New Orleans Saints at seventy five million in the, in the hole. The Packers at fifty million dollars in the hole. Followed by the Cowboys with a minus twenty one million dollars in the hole. The Vikings at fourteen million and the New York Football Giants at minus ten million. Oh, good luck to all those teams. I mean, I th- I know the Bears are probably somewhere in the middle when it comes to, you know, cap space. So they're kind of like on the top tier where they'll have a lot of cap money. So yeah, they're in yeah. the middle of the pack at uh, just uh, uh, north of twenty nine million. Okay, so yeah, so those folks are going to have to figure it out, and, and also to the Giants as well. So yeah, it, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, that's that's going to be, and also too, Cincy. Look, you know, Cincy. Well, we'll get to Cincy in a second, but they've you know under they've overachieved, I think, this year. But we'll see what happens, but. You know what? It, it's definitely you know. Okay, we'll just have to wait and see what you know what you know Mr. Poles does. You know, but and, and again, you know, maybe I don't want to say you know he and Matt Ryan were college roommates at Boston College. I, I don't know if you could take that for what it's worth, but you know, could maybe perhaps maybe he be brought in to kind of you know be a mentor for Justin Fields. I, I don't know, but you know, like I said, there's so many questions. You know, we'll just have to wait and just have to wait and see. 
Yes, we'll have to wait and see. We hit the bottom of the hour in Lakina uh, with the Chicago Bears. We'll have more on the uh, discussion with the sh- uh, about the Chicago Bears and the NFL abroad later on in the show next hour with our guest, Mr. Kalen Jones. He's a staff writer at The Ringer. He covers the NFL for their great uh, website. He's going to hop on with us next hour. To get- we're going to get his thoughts about the Chicago Bears and the NFL abroad as well. He- we're going to get his Championship Sunday picks as well. But on the flip side of this break, we're going to talk some hoops. The Chicago Bulls received some good news yesterday, and we're going to give you the best and worst of the NBA from this past week, and we're going to talk some college hoops as well. There are some big games coming up on the schedule tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown, that's me. You're listening to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 523-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56-55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders, dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina are here with you as we're going to close out the first hour of the program by talking the about the Chicago Bulls. We'll have some college basketball news coming up for you guys along with the rest of the NBA. Lakina, let's start off with the 30 and 17 Chicago Bulls. They're going to travel to San Antonio to take on the Spurs tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago. And abroad, you can watch that game on NBA League Pass. Lakina, the Bulls have won their last two games. Uh, then barely escaped OKC on the road on Monday with a one 111-110 victory, and they defeated the Toronto Raptors in the makeup game uh, from last month by at the UC by the score of 111 to 105 on Wednesday. I want to review 
uh, Wednesday's game with you, Lakina DeMar DeRozan, who was named an all-star starter. Congratulations to him. Uh, he's tallied, he tallied 29 points. Zach Levine, who played in his second game since returning from a knee injury, he added 23 points. But Nikolai Vucevic, I know I hate using this term, but for many Bulls fans, using him as a whipping boy, in 35 minutes, actually, he has 17 points and 15 rebounds. And is, I believe, his 25th double-double of the season. Yep. yep. Uh, I, I actually watched that game this morning and pre preparing for this show. I like the way this Bulls team is playing. Yes, Toronto's hovering around 500, trying to get into the play-in to qualify for the playoffs. But uh, this Bulls team, uh, they were um, being aggressive, shooting hot from the outside, especially in that first half. Toronto got back in the game, but the Bulls did enough to uh, to hold off the Raptors. But I really like Ayo Dusumo. He's really been playing well ever since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. Of course, Alex Caruso and Alonzo Ball are both out. Mm -hmm. And both of them won't be back until late February, early March. But remember I said, Lakina, during our NBA preview show before the season, I said, and this is when Kobe White, was on the injured list. Ayo Dusumu, the playing time that he gets through the first two months of the regular season is going to pay off at the end. Look what he's doing now with more minutes. He shot the ball well. He had a, a season high and a career high as of this uh, broadcast, 24 points at OK, OKC on Monday. Look, look what he's doing now. He's shooting the ball better. He has confidence, but he's also trying to get it done on the defensive end, especially on the perimeter. And he's definitely made some big defensive stops late in those last couple of games, especially that one against, uh, I guess, I guess OKC when they were trying to catch, you know, catch up you know, from that big lead that they had. Look, I mean, it's not about style points right now. This is the old BCS in college football. I mean, as long as they win, you know, look, you know, the interior defense, you know, inside, you know, AO fouled, fouled out in that Raptors game. So even though he was one of the, you know, the team leaders, so that, that, you know, that was a, you know, he was making some of you know, big plays too. So that, that was unfortunate for him. But you know what? That's why he got DeRose and that's why he got Levine. It looks like he's feeling better from the knee injury, which is great to see. You know, double doubles with Vooch. You know, Javante Green has been, you know, really good for the Bulls. So he was yeah, big look, in that fourth quarter the other night. Yeah, he was. I, you know, he's one of my favorite players on the team right now. That, get, that guy could jump out the gym. Yes, he can. And, you know, that that was, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why they signed him because he can't, you know, make you know, big jumps and such. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think that was, that, that's, that's, that's something that you want from one of your guys. But, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, this team is starting to mesh. You know, you remember they're still shorthanded. You know, mm -hmm. you know, Caruso's out, you know, ball still out. You know, they're probably going to be out for another, like, five weeks. I know Lonzo Ball is supposed to have his surgery right now as we speak, if he hasn't already done his surgery already. So, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, five to six weeks. You know, we'll say maybe, you know, early March perhaps, you know, give or take. So that's going to be the thing, you know, once they all come back and play together. Basically just, you know, at this point, if you're the Bulls, you just want to hold down to four until you get to the All-Star break. You know, you got yeah. the Spurs. You got the Spurs coming up, you know, to, you know tonight. I mean, they're kind of up and down. You know, they're kind of, you know, Meandering at 500. So, you know, you take that for what it's worth. Um, you got Portland and, and Orlando back, you know, back to back, you know, the last, you know, in the next few days. Next week, you know, you got Portland on Sunday. They, you know, for an early game right before the, the conference championship games, also to Orlando. Then you have Toronto again, Indiana. You, you may have, you may be made some future teammates there, Philly, um, Phoenix. So you know, that's an NBA TV game on the 7th, February 7th. Also to Charlotte, Minnesota, at Charlotte, Minnesota, and OKC. So you kind of have like a sort of up and down scheduling there. So if, if you can kind of just stay like right above 500, you know, you could probably you could probably do feel pretty good if you can kind of you know keep you know keep everything afloat until you can get Ball and Caruso back. 
Yeah, that's a favorable schedule going into the All-Star break. And don't forget, Derrick Jones Jr. is injured as well, so he's going to yeah. be out an extended amount of time as well. Remember, he was playing well in the middle of December before the, mm -hmm. the team had their COVID outbreaks as, uh, as well. So like you mentioned, like, you know, for what they have, assuming they don't have any other major injuries, they should be at 500 or slightly above 500 until in two weeks when the All-Star break commences. The All-Star break, for those of you who don't know, is February 18th through the 20th, and the All-Star game this year will be in the city of Cleveland, Ohio. Lakina, I want to focus in on one more player before we move on. Kobe White, uh, he only had nine points of 4-10 shooting in 24 minutes of action on Wednesday. Are you starting to worry about him, or do you think he's going to pick it back up? Hopefully he'll start doing it tonight at San, San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, look, Kobe, you know, we know he's Kobe streaky, so I, I'm not worried okay. that, okay, you know, oh, my God, you know, he hasn't been playing well these last couple of games. I'm not – you know, I'm not gonna freak out about it. So look, if he look, I'm sure Robert, he's still you know getting used to you know you know playing and you know having a consistent basis. You know, his conditioning is probably still needs a little bit of work too. So you know, it might it might just be that kind of thing. So I'm not I'm not gonna freak out like oh my god, you know he has been struggling the last couple of games. Okay, look, I think look, you guys might get other guys there to kind of pick pick up the slack. So I'm not worried about Kobe White. I'm not, you know, he's probably not going to get traded, or he very likely won't get traded. So he doesn't worry about that mm -hmm. either. So yeah, I, I'm not I'm not worried about Kobe. I know people. I know a lot of people are, but at this point, <laughs> I think you just gotta you know roll the punches with Kobe. You listen to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on the Hashtag Football Friday edition right here on Sports on Chicago City. Lakina here with you. Uh, as we now we'll switch over to the NBA as we as we usually do. We'll start backwards. We'll give you the best and worst in the week that was from the National Basketball Association. Let's start off with the two games that were on TNT last night. Lakina, it was the Philadelphia 76ers over LeBron James list, LA Lakers squad 105-87. Joel Embiid, who's playing at an MVP-type level. I know Alana and Day Big Dave Watson gave me some grief when I said Joel will win MVP this year, but I'm going to leave that alone for now. But Joel Embiid led the, led the 76ers with 26 points. On the other side for the Lakers, Anthony Davis decided to come out and, and play last night. Like, he had some big dunks early, especially mm -hmm. over Joel. He had 31 points and 12 rebounds in 34 minutes of action. Avery Bradley, only two points uh, at the two-guard spot. This is not going to get it done. And Malik Monk had 11 points on three of 13 shooting. Carmelo Anthony had nine points off the bench. Dwight Howard, uh, you, you, uh, can you put a, 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 his pitch on a cereal box? Yeah, he's <laughs> each time he plays, he doesn't do anything, and it oh boy, <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's just ugly for the Lakers right now. Yes, uh, it was obvious that they missed LeBron last night, but a couple nights ago, which we'll get into in, in a second, uh, they did did a heck of a job being a, a Brooklyn Nets squad without Kevin Durant by 10 on the road. Well, and also to remember, AD got hurt. You know, he you know he kind of banged his shoulder up, uh, his wrist up a little bit. So that's another reason why they were able to, you know, the six were able to kind of mm -hmm. have their way with them. So uh, we'll see the extent of that injury. You know, it's always something with AD, unfortunately, at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, going back to that game against you know Brooklyn. I mean, okay, you know, LeBron. Look, the Lakers needed that more than the uh, the Nets did because you know Katie was out, so you really weren't gonna, mm -hmm. you know, get too much of it. So yeah, it, it's. I'm not gonna you know get into it too much because you saw what happened. LeBron had to sit down because of knee soreness, and you know that I know that made him very angry. So, uh, but it also same thing with AD getting hurt as well. So yeah, I mean it's not I'm not freaking out about that. So, but again, you know the inconsistency of the Lakers continue, and look, the you know Philly and you know Joel Embiid is still continues to kind of impress, and 
if it wasn't for Steph and his, you know, big season, and he's had his struggles, like I think, I think it'd be kind of sneaking to the MVP discussion. Good point, fair point. And speaking of the Warriors, uh, in the second game of the TNT doubleheader from Thursday, the Warriors defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 124 to 115. Steph Curry, as you mentioned, Lakina, he's at the top of my list still for MVP, even though he's. Uh, he came out of his shooting slump last night. He had 29 points off a of 10-20 shooting, including 6 of 10 for three-point range. Klay Thompson, uh, he's, they starting to increase his minutes a little bit in 27 minutes of action. He had 23 points, 9 of 16 shooting, including 5 of 9 for three-point range. He had a couple of big three-point shots, especially early in that game. Minnesota hung around. They made a, a run of it late, but it, uh, it was it was the Warriors uh, they got the big win last night. Uh, and shout out to Jordan Poole as well. 19 points off the bench in 24 minutes of action. Yeah, they are starting to increase Clay's minutes too. And Poole has been sort of like the guy off the bench since he's back mm-hmm. on the bench now. So, I mean, this was definitely a, a, a win that the Warriors needed, you know, necessarily because, you know, they've had, you know, Steph had to hit that three-pointer, you know, last week, you know, the buzzer beater. Then they, mm-hmm. they've had this, you know, comeback they had to hold off the, the T-Wolves. You know, the T-Wolves tried to make a little bit of a run, but it wasn't enough. And I, you know, I think the T Wolves have had the Warriors' number, so I think they beat them like the last time they 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 met. So it's definitely, yeah, I think it's definitely a, a one that the Warriors needed, and I, and I feel like you know they're starting to kind of find the groove a little bit. You know, the Splash Brothers, you know, are back together, and you know, stuff like that. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens after the All Star break, but yeah, they, you know, I think this is definitely a great performance by by the Warriors last night, and I uh, also want to give a shout out to the Clippers. You know, going. You know, saying in California, I mean, they had the big, big comeback earlier this week. They were down, I think, what, 35 against the Wizards? Yeah, to the Wizards, yep. <laughs> and, you know, they put together a really big run. And um, I think it was Luke Kennard who hit that three-pointer. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was fouled. And that, you know, propelled the Clippers to beat the Wizards. So, I know DC fans Never are, foul a shooter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, that's why they always say, you know, don't foul anybody. You know, shooting mm-hmm. a three. So, you just, you know, just hope and pray they don't do it. So, yeah, it's sort of... Yeah, I mean, the Wizards, I'm sure, you know, they're still smarting from that loss. If you're the Clippers, look, you're still trying to hold down the floor with, you know, Kawhi still being out. And also, too, you know, Paul George may miss another week or two. He may not be back till after the All-Star break. So, you know, the Clippers are doing what they can. I mean, they also won against Orlando, too, so it didn't really defer them too much. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, trying to hang on. they're trying to hang on. Couple of games to highlight from this past week. Let's go backwards as we always do to Wednesday's action. The Cleveland Cavaliers continue to impress people around the league. They defeated the defending champion Bucks 115 to 99. Darius Garland, as I said before, Lakina Darius Garland and their big guy Jared Allen both should be all stars. And I know the reserves, I believe, will be now announced next week. I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, you have the information it, it there. Is, it is. It is. It okay. Is. Uh, it's going to be a crime. To be realistic, Lakina, it's going to be a crime. If one of them don't get announced, if it was up to me, both of them will be on the all-star team, but it will definitely be a crime if Darius Garland is not on the all-star team. I don't want him to be named as a replacement because somebody came up late with an injury at the last minute. He should be named uh, as a reserve. Of course, the reserves are picked by the coaches. Yeah, we'll just see if the if the Cavs can kind of keep this up. I mean, I know they've had, they've had some injuries. I know, um, you know, they've had a couple of injuries. I know uh, Rubio's out. Um you know, it's sort of one of those things where you sort of like, can they keep it up? I know they, you know, they definitely, you know, went way past expectations. Mm-hmm. So can they keep it up? I think that's going to be sort of the question for them in the second half. Like, can they keep this up? I mean, can guys like Garland, you know, and then all other guys like that, I mean, can they sort of keep up this pace? You know, I, I'd say to say that no one thought that this team would get this, you know, would have this, you know, this 
you know, they're, I don't want to say opportunistic, but they're kind of you know, under overachieve, I should say, you know, them being the Knicks, you know, that was a big, you know, performance by them. And look, they're 29 and 19. They're right up there in the top five. Like I said, can they keep it up? I mean, that's another question. Yeah, I forgot who their head coach is, but uh, their coach should be uh, uh, the front runner for coach of the year. Because like you said, no one expected this. They're 29 and 19 right now. Uh, many, many people, including Yoshua, predicted them to win that many games for the entire season. It, yeah, it's, it's, uh, JB Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I didn't want to say it yet cause, because uh, we don't speak what we don't Bernie's, know on this show. Bernie's kid. JB, yeah. Mm. So yeah, I'm, yeah. Know. His father was coaching those good Sonics teams back in the late '80s. Oh, those yes. were good teams. Yeah, but shout out to uh, JB Bickerstaff. Yeah, he has a nice young roster. No one, as you mentioned, no one expected this Cleveland team to win 30 games at this point in the season. We all expected them to win this many games for the entire year, but they're gonna go past expectations and. As I said on our last episode, Lakina, I'm not saying they're going to win the top of the Eastern Conference, but uh, they're just like Miami. They're going to be a tough out for someone. Well, the fact that they were able to beat Milwaukee, I think that definitely helps the confidence. I think they're showing people that they are for real, but I think the key is going to be, you know, Kevin Love's found a fountain of youth. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, like I said before, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of get to the point where they can keep it up. I mean, that's yeah. up. So, yeah. Uh, the, the Charlotte Hornets scored the most points in their franchise history on Wednesday. They defeated the Indiana Pacers on a road 158 to 126. That's another team not too many people are talking about. Uh, Charlotte is still a young team. Of course, they uh, they got handled in their playing tournament last year. If they get into the playoffs, uh, I'm not saying they're going to take the East, but that's another uh, um, um, sneaky team as well. Well, you know, we always say that, you know, the Hornets are sort of like that team that they just need that, that extra gear. And they're get, look, they're getting they're getting that. I mean, you know, LaMelo is, you know, you know, let the way with 29. And and also, too, I think, you know, you got a really solid. Uh, yeah, you got to look, you have a nice, solid, uh, you know, young group of young players. I think they I think, you know, Michael Jordan has finally, you know, got like his, you know, that core together, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, LaMelo Ball and Plumlee and, you know, and you know Miles Bridges, not you know, and also Terry Rozier. He's kind of been that veteran presence for them. Scary too, so. Terry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like I said before, can they keep it up? Again, you know, I'm sure they're going to be right there within that play-in tournament. So, and and, and going out west. Speaking of the uh, Western Conference, the Utah Jazz, uh, they suffered a big home loss to the Phoenix Suns on Wednesday, 105-97. Of course, Donovan Mitchell is out. Uh, looks like Rudy Gobert is going to miss tonight's game as well. We'll give you the uh, weekend schedule in just a moment, but. Look, Kenny, we always say about the Utah Jazz, prove it to us in the playoffs. They still have a top record. The Phoenix Suns are for real. Utah is going through their first major haul of the season right now. Well, yeah, yeah, I think there there were a couple of games this week where they didn't have their starting lineup or most of their starting starting lineup. I know Angles didn't play that that, that first game. And also, too, you know, of course, you know, Mitchell is still in concussion protocols. So, you know, they're doing what they can. But again, you know, I think Phoenix will show you why they're for real. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens with Utah. I mean, hopefully they can get everybody back. Hopefully they can get Mitchell back, and hopefully you know maybe this is a good thing that they're going through this right now because I think that they're ready. They're I think they're kind of like I don't want to say wait for the playoffs, but I think they're sort of like right there to see if they can kind of you know get over that playoff hump. Now let's talk about you know this weekend's games coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, on you know tonight you've got you know Detroit and Orlando. Um, of course the first game that ESPN Della header should be a good one. You got the Lakers. LeBron might play tonight. You know, I know he's got some soreness in his knees. Um, you know, we'll we'll figure maybe you know, who knows if AD will play tonight as well. You know, Charlotte, that should be a fun mm-hmm. one. Um, Boston and Atlanta. 
you know, out east, you know, that should be a, a that should be a pretty good. Yeah, the Hawks are slowly creeping back up to the five hundred. They're, they're three under right now. Yeah, they beat the uh, the Kings. You know, the Kings are kind of in free fall, so that's not really saying much. Denver <laughs> and New Orleans. Denver and New Orleans is a, is a seven o'clock game. This should be a good one. Clippers and Miami. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking that maybe Miami. I mean, they they had a nice win against New York a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if they can kind of keep that up. I know Portland, Portland's, you know, starting their East Coast road trip. You know, they're coming off a loss to Dallas by 20. So Houston, you know, this will be that'll be interesting. Utah and Memphis, you know, I know Utah's not at full strength, but that should be a good one, you know, nonetheless. Uh, John Morant, a dark horse cannon for MVP. I said the last couple episodes, I'm just saying. Well, I, yeah, look, I don't know if that's <laughs> like I like I said before, he was gone for I think like like three, like four weeks, and they played pretty well without him. So I'm just I'm just saying, uh, Indiana, OKC, of course, the Bulls and the Spurs, Minnesota fans, that should be a fun one, and New York and Milwaukee. You know, the start start time at 9 o'clock. Now you know how Chicago – now you guys are going to realize how Chicago felt in Milwaukee. <laughs> Take that. Let's go to Saturday night schedule, which is tomorrow. Uh, the Celtics will play the New Orleans Pelicans at 6 o'clock, um, followed by the Pacers and the Mavericks at the same time. Speaking of Sacramento, Lakina, they'll travel to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. The Sixers have been on the roll uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Raptors will travel to Miami to take on the Heat at 7 o'clock. The Wizards will face the Grizzlies down there in Memphis at 7 o'clock. Uh, ABC will make his season debut for mm-hmm. Saturday Night Hoops. We'll have the Brooklyn Nets against the Golden State Warriors. I know, even without Katie, that should still be a fun way. Mm-hmm. So you got Harden, you got Kyrie, so... That should be a fun one, even still, you know, without KD. Uh, going to Sunday, you know, a lot of these matches are right before, you know, sort of, you know, be the appetizer for the championship games in the NFL. Lakers in Atlanta, again, you know, assuming, you know, LeBron will be able to play and AD will be able to play. That should be a fun one, I guess. Yeah, the, ma- the majority of those fans would be, quote, unquote, Laker fans with LeBron and Kobe jerseys on. I'm yeah, Atl- yeah, in Atlanta. So uh, that should be a fun <laughs> one at noon. Um uh Clippers and Hornets that should be a good one the Portland Chicago game like I talked about note to start time at 2 30 so that's an early mm-hmm. game folks um uh, and Cleveland uh face Detroit that should be a good one the, the battle of the young guns yes and wrapping up that Sunday night schedule the Mavericks at the Magic at 6 p.m the Nuggets at the Bucks this should be a good one right in the middle of that NFC championship yeah I'll definitely mm-hmm. have this game on my computer screen <laughs> that's at six o'clock on Sunday night at seven o'clock the injured Utah Jazz will travel to Minnesota to face the Timberwolves and at seven o'clock the San Antonio Spurs will travel to Phoenix to take on the red hot Phoenix Suns so that's All your right. schedule for the NBA for this weekend all right let's go to the college hardwood real quick now that we got a few minutes Got some big games coming up uh, this weekend, but what what kind of caught your attention this week in college hoops? Oh, Lakina, um, Michigan, they barely beat Northwestern. I know we talked about their struggles, but they got by Northwestern earlier this week. So Michigan, the Juwan Howard, shout out to him. He's trying to uh, get uh, get uh, Michigan back into the fold right before the Big Ten tournament. Let's see if they can make a late season run. Uh, Illinois. I want to talk about this game. I watched this in its entirety on Tuesday. They beat the uh, Michigan State Spartans 56 to 55. I like the kid Alonzo Plummer, number mm-hmm. 11. Watch out for him. I know Kofi Coburn uh, missed that game as well due to the concussion protocol. Hopefully, he'll be back soon. But, Lakina, the last Illinois p- point came on a free throw with five and a half minutes left. Uh, it's a tribute to 
of the of the Illini defense and Michigan just uh, not knowing what to do down the stretch to have Illinois win the game without scoring a basket in the last five and a half minutes. Yeah, that was because a- in the first half, uh, Michigan State was getting up a lot of offensive rebounds. Uh, Illinois, and along with Michigan State, and at various points in that second half, both went through bad shooting slumps, but Illinois barely held on for the win. I think it's going to uh, boost their confidence from here on out. This should help. And like I said before, that Big Ten conference is still very wide open. So, you know, Illinois getting that win, you know, without Cockburn. And, you know, look, you know, Trent Frazier picked up the slack and leaned the way with mm-hmm. 16. So, you know, like he I said, really makes that team go. He does. He really does. He's sort of like that facilitator. He's kind of like the Zach Levine of that, that Illinois team. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because they got a couple, they got like a big game this weekend. But, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, Villanova, you know, just hammered DePaul, you know, Villan- you know by 24 in that, that ninth game. And, Look, I don't know about DePaul. I know they're without their their top scorer right now, mm-hmm. but you know, I think they're starting to fall back to earth a little bit, especially with Villanova hitting their threes. So then they're hard to beat. They kick it into gear in the second half. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah, uh, Kentucky you- got by Mississippi State, yeah. uh, eighty-two seventy-four in overtime on Tuesday. I did check some of that out. Mississippi State, not a the Bulldogs are not not a bad team. They gave the Wildcats all they could handle on their own court. Yeah, that was yeah. They have a pretty good squad there, but you know it wasn't enough. Uh, UCLA mm-hmm. with a just you know pulling away late from after that game. You know, UCLA pulled away from Arizona. This was a makeup game. Of course, they 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 rarely play games on Tuesday, but unfortunately, Johnny Juzang is now in in a uh, in COVID protocol. So now you know now that's going to become an issue again. So um, Baylor with a nice with a nice win against K State. Uh, Duke edging out Clemson mm-hmm. by a bucket. During that game, uh, Providence, you know, going on Wednesday, Providence um, just edging out Xavier. That was a fun one. Um, Tennessee uh, pulled away from Florida. LSU uh, beat the uh, Texas A&M Aggies. The fighting Shaka Smarts showing you that they're for real. They beat Seton Hall by 10. Yeah, and a big day from the Big Ten squads from Thursday, which was yesterday. Uh, Wisconsin got by Nebraska in a makeup game 73-65. Uh, I said watch out for this team that ranked 16th in the country. Ohio State, the Buckeyes, get by Minnesota 75-64. And Purdue uh, continues to chase Illinois for the best record in the conference. The number six Boilermakers in the country, they uh, dominated Iowa by 10-83-73. Hey, Mr. E.J. Liddell for the Buckeyes. So I'm sure Buckeye fans were happy that he decided to come back. Um, UCLA you know, uh, pulls away from uh, Cal. Also to uh, Stanford, once again, you know, they sweep the season series against USC. They beat them by three. So, mm-hmm. you know, that might help them, you know, for tournament time. But, you know, we'll see. Um, going into uh, uh, games for this weekend, um, let's see here. A couple of good ones on, you know, mostly mostly Patriot League stuff. You know, Duke versus Louisville, they're going through a lot of turmoil, turmoil right now. Chris Mack, you know, was let go, and then now they're just it's, everything's kind of just fall, the wheels just falling off for that Louisville program. So, just unfortunate. LSU and TCU that should be a fun one. Um, Loyola defying Tim Leggers faces Davidson, who had a loss earlier this week. Um, Michigan, Michigan State. That's the first, you know, the first game on you know, on C at the uh, doubleheader. Mm-hmm. You know, eleven thirty. Um, that should be a fun one. Um, let's see, Xavier and Creighton. Uh, they're doing the Big 12 AC, uh, SEC Challenge, I should say. I don't know why they're doing that in the middle of the season. You know, don't <laughs> ask me. Uh, Oklahoma, the fighting poor Moses against Auburn. That should be a fun one. Uh, Big 12, an old Big 12 matchup here. You got Missouri and Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Going back to those days in the Big 12, when they faced each other, they had some good games. 
Arizona, Arizona State, Arizona State, Arizona, I should say. That's the second game. That's CBS doubleheader in the Pac-12 at 1.30. At 3.30 on Saturday on the Big Ten Network, we'll have number 24, Illinois. The final line will travel to Evanston to face Chicago's Big Ten team, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Then free fall right now. They're at 9-9. Illinois checks in at 14-5. and At 5 o'clock on CBS, part of the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Kentucky will face Kansas. That, that should be a fun Well. Uh, speaking of DePaul, at 5.30 tomorrow on FS1, they'll face number 20, UConn. And USC, ranked 15th in the country, they'll take on California on the Pac-12 Network at 6 o'clock. And rounding out the Saturday schedule in the top 25, Gonzaga will host uh, University of Portland at 8 o'clock. And on the Pac-12 Network at 8.30 p.m., number 7, UCLA will host the Stanford Cardinal. Also to uh... – Baylor versus uh, Alabama um, in that Big 12 SEC challenge. I know that, you know, Alabama's kind of had their struggles, but that should be a, a good mm-hmm. one down there. And Tuscaloosa, yeah, and Stanford and U, uh, UCLA. I know, like I said before, Johnny Duzay is now in COVID protocol. So we'll just see how, how Stanford does. Stanford actually played them pretty close in their first meeting. So we'll see what happens there. Now, in the Sunday games, you got a really good one here on uh, CBS right before the uh, AFC title game. Ohio State and Purdue, number 16 mm-hmm. versus number six. That should be a fun one down there in West Lafayette. Yeah, who's going to make the big stop defensively? Uh, that, I think that's what's going to uh, uh, come down to. We know Purdue can score the ball, especially inside. They can shoot it a, a little bit as well. But Ohio State, as I mentioned, uh, watch out for them. This should be a great battle. I'm definitely be tuning into this one live. Absolutely. Uh, good one here in the Big East. Uh, that's going to be 1130 on FS1. You got number 22, Marquette, of course, of Fia Shaka Smarts against Providence. And wrap, uh, wrapping up the top 25 schedule on the Big Ten Network at high noon, we had the Minnesota Golden Golfers traveling to Wisconsin to take on the Badgers. They're ranked number 11th in the country. The Wisconsin Badgers are checking in with a 16-3 mark on this season. And also, too, the Missouri Valley, don't get, we don't want to get for the Loyola uh, Little Chicago Ramblers, they face Drake. You know, Drake's actually, you know, they're right there, too. They're kind of like in the top three in the Missouri Valley. So that should be a fun one in Iowa. Yeah, so that is your well, weekend schedule from the world of college basketball. Our number one in the books. Our number two is straight ahead. When we return, Mr. Kalen Jones, a staff writer from The Ringer, who covers the NFL for that great website, will join us to give us his thoughts about the new Chicago Bears hires, along with his championship Sunday NFL playoff picks. And we'll have our buddy Christine Manica join us as well at the bottom of next hour along with lakina mcgee which is she i am cindy brown that's me you listen to these hashtag football friday edition of second city sports live in the living color right here on sports so chicago automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago, a half game out of first place in the East, 29 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 500, 23 and 22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24, Illinois, 56-55 over number 10, Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. 
I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to hour number two of, of the Hashtag Football Friday edition of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Kinosco McGee on the IG. If you have a question or comment for us during our now less than 60 minutes left in the program, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. As we await our guest, Lakina, well, we'll give you guys our picks with uh, when Christina hops on with us later on this hour for a championship Sunday. Lakina, I want to uh, get in depth into the previews of both uh, title games uh, this coming Sunday for this coming Sunday. We'll start in the AFC at two o'clock PM on CBS. We'll have the Kansas city chiefs hosting the Cincinnati Bengals for the AFC title game. Lakina, we talked about uh, on our last episode, what happened between the chiefs and the bills. We won't go through that again too much. The Bengals pulled out of a shocker. According to some people, it wasn't a shocker to your shoe. I picked them last week. Just saying, <laughs> the Bengals uh, upset the Titans on the road last week. Uh, what are your uh, keys to uh, to the game for this Sunday for both teams? Keeping Joe Burrow upright. Yeah, that's the key. I think you. Know, yes, they were able to get away with it against the Titans, but you're not going to be able to do that against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are very opportunistic defense, so you know you don't want to you know, look. You want to make sure Burrow doesn't lose the game by ha- having him sacked. So if it's sort of one of those things where you hope that maybe you know. Can they maybe pull off and pull one off? But again, you always have to wait and see as we got our guest on the on the line with us. Sid, you know, please introduce him for us. Yes, he's a staff writer for The Ringer. He covers the NFL for that great website. You can follow him on all social media accounts at Kalen Jones. And uh, he, he tweets out some uh, great uh, thoughts and great information on his Twitter account. Let's please welcome in Mr. Kalen Jones. Sir, welcome to our program. How are you today? Oh, guys, thanks for having me. Sorry for showing up a little bit late. Appreciate the patience. No, no, it's <laughs> fine. Up a little bit late. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Look, well, I've, well, I've done that too. So, Kaylin, so don't feel bad about that. Okay, let's talk about the Bears for, like, for a second since we are, you know, sure. this is based in Chicago. What do you think about this move? You know, Ryan Poles, the new GM, Matt Eberflus or Eberflus. I'm sure he'll correct him once he, when they do, once he do the press next week. So, what do you think about these hires for the Bears? 
I'm really intrigued. Um, I would. I actually thought they were going to go offensive in terms of the head coaching decision, but um, when you look at Iberflus, when you look at uh, consider Ryan Poles, their background, uh, specifically Poles coming from Kansas City, um, Iberflus having dealt with Indianapolis, being a guy who's been around Doug Peterson for the, or excuse me, not Doug Peterson, um, their head coach for the past couple of years, who comes from that Doug Peterson tree. Um, you're expecting that, you know, they have some type of understanding that Justin Fields is the focal point, like he's the foundation for what they want to do moving forward. And I like them bringing in Iberflus, even though you probably have to adjust your scheme. I know that last season, I believe you guys were running more of a 3-4, now they're going to be running more of a 4-3. So adjusting for the personnel will be interesting. But that being said, I mean, the track record speaks for itself, even though you never really see high sack rates uh, with Iberflus' group. They always generate turnovers and Indianapolis Mm -hmm. has always been, you know, in that above average to very good tier of defenses since he's been there. So I think it's a, it's an interesting move, not the sexiest, but it's definitely interesting. Kalen, uh, me and Lakina both said that the, uh, the, the hire of the office of coordinator for the Chicago bears is very important. We, we heard names floating around like Jim called, called well and of course Dan Quinn was floating around uh, we all thought he was going to get the job it, that didn't turn out uh, to be but if you are running the Bears who would you uh, hire as an offensive coordinator to um, to hopefully tailor a system to, that fits Justin Fields uh, skill set I'd love to see if they could get Pep Hamilton I think that was the name that was floated around this morning actually from Aaron Wilson over Pro Football Network um, I think Pep has shown that he has a track record dealing with young quarterbacks both uh, with uh, Andrew Luck, I believe, in Indianapolis. And then uh, last season or the year before with Justin Herbert uh, in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. So I think he'd be a really interesting name to you know consider for the, the offensive coordinator position. The thing is you don't want to pick someone, in my opinion, who will eventually, you know, maybe not eventually, but too soon leave the organization. Because I think you know, you want some continuity for a young quarterback going year over year. So I, I think it's really interesting how the Giants have handled, you know, the whole Daniel Jones situation. Uh, the GM, or I believe their owner, like admitted to the fact that, you know, they haven't really set him up for success. And I think you could say the same thing about Justin Fields at this point. He hasn't been set up for success. Um, that being said, I think if you get Pep Hamilton, um, I don't know if he's going to be a name that's in, you know, high demand, regardless of the success that he has in his initial years uh, in Chicago, if he were to get hired there. But I think, again, like I said, track record and considering his success with young quarterbacks, I think Pepe Hamilton would be a really, really strong name to consider if you're Chicago. So how about personnel changes? I I feel like they're going to they're going to have 30 million dollars in cap space once to get rid of a lot of the dead money. You know, do will they have to maybe you know, you know, pull off trades like maybe get rid of a Khalil Mack or somebody like that to kind of you know they're not going to contend next year. I think we can all kind of agree on that. But well, what what say you, Kaylin? Uh, I, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, like you said, maybe offloading Khalil Mack. I think that's got to be priority for them. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't think it's been necessarily a bust as far as his time in Chicago, but um, definitely are going to have to you know readjust you know, the numbers and such on the cap, you know, moving forward, because again, um, you want to maximize the time that you have with a rookie quarterback. That's the name of the game now for a lot of these teams is to, you know, build up championship caliber teams while quarterbacks are still under rookie contracts or on cheaper deals. So 
I, I agree with you. I think that it is of the utmost importance for Chicago to do that. Um, I'm curious to see like which veteran defensive players are able to keep, but I don't think you want to tear too much down on that side of the football. Um, I'd be shocked if they were able to keep Allen Robinson, like you mentioned, but um, I, I think that, you know, that's definitely got to pr- be a priority moving forward. I think that it helps that, again, that you hire a guy like Ryan Poles who has success and has shown the ability to maneuver with the cap, or at least has experience in the building where like Kansas city, where they've been able to attain so much star power and still have, you know, a, a usable cap. Mr. Kalen Jones, who covers the NFL for the ringer, is just joining us right here on the hashtag football Friday edition of second city sports. We're live in living color. Sid Lakina here with you on sports on Chicago. Kalen, uh, the Minnesota Vikings hired a, a young GM as well, just like the Chicago bears. Uh, he's also African-American. I assume that the NFL's diversity and hiring committee is moving in the right direction. I know they still have the running rule in place that you must uh, interview at least one minority candidate, but uh, can we say that the NFL has finally gotten it right, or do we still have to uh, waste some more time to see if, if this process is playing out? Um, it's a good question, right? Like, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Like, I think it's still a little bit more of a wait and see, in my opinion, just because, you know, when you consider the demographics of the NFL and the players that are out in the field, it's over 60% black. And then when you consider the number of GMs and head coaches that are in the NFL right now that are black, it's not representative of, you know, the workforce. And so I am encouraged by the fact that, again, we've seen two young black GMs, like you mentioned, Ryan Poles and Adolfo Mensa with uh, Minnesota Vikings. I'm definitely encouraged by that because the important thing for, you know, black people in the NFL working around football is that you have people who are in positions of power. And I think, you know, when you're a GM, you have, I, I think you're at least on par, if not a little bit more um, power than the head coach does. So it is encouraging from that aspect, just because you have so much control over player personnel. And I think, you know, moving forward, if, if this becomes not just a trend, but if this becomes like a, a normal thing, we aren't just seeing like, you know, Andrew Barry and Chris Greer um, in Miami, in addition to these two that have just been hired, you know, I, I'm definitely encouraged by the fact that these were the first two that I can think of that, that were picked as GMs. And it's definitely encouraging, but it's still a wait and see for me, especially when you consider that the NFL, um, as from the head coaching position itself, the guys who are dealing with the players one-on-one every single day, um, you know, there, there's only Mike Tomlin at this point, and which it shouldn't take, you know, it, being exceptional to be a head coach in the NFL. You know, there's so many former players that have the mind for uh, being able to hold a head coaching job. Um, There needs to be a little bit more patience that's shown to other head coaches, in my opinion, who are white. Um, For example, like even we can go back to Anthony Lynn for all the the silly mistakes that happened for the Chargers, Mm -hmm. you know, in that final year, that was really only the year for me where I watched the Chargers and was like, the results aren't there. I know that even even in previous seasons where you had those moments of, you know, what's going on here, this function, the results were good enough to where he should, probably should have been a head coach. If you look, if you consider like some of his peers, such as like Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona, um, you know, even with Chicago's former head coach, granted he got a coach of the year award and, and got them to the playoffs in his first year, he got a little bit more leeway. So um, it'd be nice to see some of that 
you know, patience be extended to be, you know, extended to black uh, candidates mm-hmm. and head coaches in the league <laughs> yep. to this point. So until that changes, until we see more people who are stakeholders and, you know, position of power be black, um, be picked out by or black people are picked, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's still very much, you know, hesitancy from, from me personally, as far as the NFL, you know, changing its tune. I, yeah, I totally agree with you on that, Kaylin. Now, speaking of, you know, with this, with a lot of the jobs that are, that are have not been filled yet, which one is the most intriguing to you, you feel? I think I, I would have said Chicago. That's the funny part. Um, <laughs> probably Jacksonville right now, just because, you know, I I don't think they've gone about it right as far as, like, how they've handled it, because it seems like they don't necessarily have an idea of what specifically they want. But that being said, I appreciate the fact that they've cast out a really wide net. And this is a really pivotal decision for them. You know, obviously, you know, getting a top pick, um, already having Trevor Lawrence in tow. I'd be really curious to see, like, if they go head coach uh, who have uh, of an offensive mind. So that way you have someone who's there year over year to stick with Justin or excuse me, not Justin Herbert, might be Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence and build up year over year with him. Um, I'd be curious to see, like, if they choose to go offense with Byron Leftwich, um, waiting to see if that happens. I'm also curious to see what happens with the GM position, obviously moving on from Trent Baalke. Um, over, the, over the past few days, like, that is a really significant decision for them. Um, I, I, I just am really curious because when you look at the state of the AFC South, too, when you consider the teams that are there, obviously the Colts are a very good team. Um, Titans continue to win the division over and over again. But even I don't consider him to be the most talented team in the world. Uh, <laughs> credit to Mike Rabel for doing what he's done. And then you have the Houston mm-hmm. Texans, who are currently in disarray, too. I think that that division is there to be won. And, you know, I can very quickly see the Jaguars, you know, turning things around if they are able to hire the right head coach. And I think that could end up being left, which – and I like that they're even looking into Vic Dangio. And if they're able to bring him in as a defensive coordinator, you could really see that unit turn around very quickly. And I think you could get – uh, quick results in terms of uh, winning in, in terms of the winning column if you're Jacksonville if you make the right hire here speaking of another team that needs a new head coach that's the New Orleans Saints of course Sean Payne decide, decides to step down with two years remaining on his contract uh, he may go the broadcasting route he may not he can just sit out a year or two to see what the landscape is in my personal opinion uh, I like to play uh, conspiracy theories, if you will, every once in a while for entertainment purposes only. I can see if Mike McCarthy at Dallas has the same uh, track record as they did this past season. Maybe they win a playoff game, but lose to a team they're not supposed to lose to in the playoffs. They look real bad. I can see uh, if Mr. Jerry Jones wants it, Sean Payne just going in there and taking over the Dallas Cowboys. What say you? Because I think this, this is what it smells like to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jones is trying to, you know, talk about how Mike McCarthy's job has never been in question at this point. And sure, this cycle, I believe it. Um, that being said, you know, if, if Sean Payton is available um, during the next cycle and Mike McCarthy isn't able to get the results that, you know, the Cowboys are looking for, which, you know, really is Super Bowl or bust, considering the talent that they have on their roster, um, they, they could definitely turn to Sean Payton. And I think, you know, that's probably the, the most valid speculation, I think, for everybody across media is, you know, consider whether the Cowboys would make that move because it's a splashy enough move to where it very much fits with uh, Jerry Jones persona and the Dallas Cowboys brand. Um, and at the same time, 
you know, it makes sense just from a head coaching and fit standpoint. Um, assuming, let's say Kellen Moore gets a head coaching gig. I know he's interviewing with the Dolphins uh, sometime soon. Uh, Dan Quinn is deciding to stay. But let's say, you know, you know they, they need a new head coach who is able to pair with their quarterback. And I think Sean Payton has shown, you know, the way that he's been able to work with Drew Brees over the course of his career, and then even win without him in the lineup with guys like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, he's able to make offenses hum. And so I think he'd be a really natural fit. Um, I think he's also a smart enough guy to get the right defensive hire in there if Dan Quinn were you know, to move on and the staff was not able to stay there in Dallas. So I think that you know the Sean Payton, the, the Cowboys speculation is very valid. Um, at the same time, I would say that it is interesting for the Cowboys' sake that Quinn is staying. So I think the defense should play at a very similar level in, in terms of being able to generate turnovers and, and hold opposing offenses to low scores. Um, but the key here is whether or not they're able to keep Kellen Moore. And if he's gone, then you could see you know, maybe some cracks in the Dallas Cowboys' success, especially when you consider Philadelphia outperformed expectations this year and probably could be better next year. Washington, a lot of people expected them to be good and weren't. Um, again, the, the Giants are reloading, but we're assuming that they could get on the right track sooner rather than later. So, you know, it, it's going to be a really big year for Mike McCarthy in terms of proving that he should, you know, continue to maintain the Cowboys head coaching job, especially after underperforming expectations this year, in my opinion. Okay, Kalen, let's get to right to the championship Sunday, of course. First game up in the AFC, you got the Bengals, you know, making their first AFC championship appearance since 1988, and the Chiefs going, you know, to the AFC championship for the championship game for the fourth straight year. Now, some people, there might be a few people that might want to say that there could be an upset here. What do you think? I have a hard time thinking there's going to be an upset. When you consider that week 17 contest, um, granted Joe Burrow played out of his mind, and I think Jamar Chase was an absolute difference maker for them. But at the same time, uh, the Chiefs only scored three points in the second half. They really seemed to shoot themselves in the foot at times when you talk about uh, the penalties that they were committing. Uh, a lot of them came on third down. One uh, prevented a, a, a long uh, kickoff return, too. So – when you consider how well the Kansas City Chiefs played, maybe, you know, that speaks to the Bengals' ability to overcome how, you know, a really talented Kansas City Chiefs team. But at the same time, this one's going to be an arrowhead. I don't imagine, you know, Patrick Mahomes coming down too far from the level that he played last week against the Buffalo Bills. And that being said, I just think that the Chiefs have too much firepower for Cincinnati to keep up. But the key for them will be, you know, what goes on within the trenches, you know, DJ Reader will have to have a big game. Uh, Trey Hendrickson will have to have a big game. And at the same time, you know, the Bengals defense, they will have to capitalize on any turnover opportunities that come their way. They weren't able to in that first matchup. And, you know, they still ended up winning the football game. But this is a different, you know, type of beast when you go into Arrowhead and you're playing Patrick Mahomes. So mm -hmm. I, I am leaning Chiefs. I believe in Joe Burrow and, you know, for whatever, whatever, you know, intangibles you want to say about him. Um, I, I do think he has the it factor. And I think that speaks a lot to the success that they've had uh, this season. But that, you know, that being said, I, I just think that Chiefs are very experienced and Patrick Mahomes is playing at too high of a level for them to where they shouldn't, they shouldn't lose this weekend. 
Kaitlyn Jones from The Ringer, who covers the NFL, is joining us right here on Sega City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Let's go to the NFC Championship game between the 49ers and the Rams, Kaitlyn. Of course, the Rams have been the uh, they have lost to the 49ers, rather, the last six times we saw what, what the 49ers did to them this season. Uh, the Rams almost gave that game away last week uh, against Tampa Bay because we all know what the 49ers did up north uh, against Green Bay. Uh, what are your keys to victory for both teams? Yeah, so the keys of the game uh, for San Francisco will be, you know, established run, and they've been able to do that in each of the matchups that they've played against the Rams over the past three years. Uh, Kyle Shanahan 6-0 and against Sean McVay over the past three seasons, and a lot of that has come, you know, down to their ability to kind of neutralize Aaron Donald in the run game. They do a lot of their wide zone offensive schemes. Uh, those principles really get away from the defensive tackle and put, you know, those edge defenders in conflict. And guys like Von Miller and Leonard Floyd for as talented as pass rushers as they are, you know, they're more finesse guys. They're not guys who want to get, you know, too involved in, in the run fits and whatnot. And that puts a lot of stress on the linebackers and safeties at the second level. In that second matchup, we saw uh, Kyle Shanahan and the Niners really exploit that. Um, the linebackers and safeties for the Rams really struggled with tackling. And, you know, I think that will be, you know, something that Shanahan looks to exploit again in this matchup. At the same time, you know, even if the run game isn't there, it could come down to how well Jimmy Garoppolo plays. Like I mentioned, Aaron Donald is, you know, maybe not too much of a factor in the run game consistently, but in the past game, we've seen each in each of the past two contests that they played this year, uh, Donald was a force uh, getting pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo, as was Von Miller. So I, I think that, you know, Shanahan will have to find a way to neutralize the edge as well as Aaron Donald from the inside. Um, but I expect to see a lot of Elijah Mitchell you know, going into this contest. And then for the Rams, you know, it, it'll come down to how well they can play without getting in their own way. We saw them build a really big lead in that second contest, and it was really on the back of, you know, Matthew Stafford being able to push the ball downfield and them being really efficient in the passing game. What they got away from in the second half was leaning on Stafford and being aggressive. I, You know, they started trying to run the football. Uh, the Rams' offensive line isn't really built to be a power run football team or even a wide zone uh, running football team. They're meant to be more of a finesse pass blocking group. And so unfortunately for them in that second half, they got away from that and allowed San Francisco with all their experience to climb back into that contest. And so, you know, so long as McVay doesn't get in his own way, I feel like the Rams have enough talent offensively to where they should be able to jump out to a similar lead, just like we saw last week against Tampa Bay. And just like we saw in week 18 against San Francisco. But again, you know, it, it's why people asked Sean McVay this week, you know, even if it is kind of a dorky question, uh, whether Kyle Shanahan is in, is in his head. Because even if he says he isn't, the past few matchups have shown that he is. And so if McVay can keep his foot, you know, on the gas and keep that offense, you know, try to put the game away um, going through the second half, I think that the Rams have enough offensive firepower to where they can come away with the win there. Interesting about you know some of those coaching uh, openings. Uh, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network does a great job. Just tweeted that you know Josh McCown, you know former NFL quarterback, also former Bears quarterback, among many other teams, he's a finalist for the Texans job. So what do you think about that, Kalen? Uh, that's a really interesting one, right? Uh, we've seen kind of the I, I'll be 
I'll be speculative here, like the politics have gone on with Houston in terms of, you know, them hiring people who they know and are comfortable and familiar with uh, within that building, whether, you know, it's Jack Easterby uh, or Nick Casario. Um, obviously, David Coley's firing was a shock and he probably didn't deserve to get fired considering he uh, overperformed with a, you know, mercenary Texans team that no one expected to win more than maybe one or two games this season. Um, I'm not too surprised by the link of Josh McCown to the Texans just based on his previous comments and appreciation for guys like Casario and Jack Easterby to the media. So um, I'm really curious to see, like, if, if that were to be a, the hire that they make, you know, it, it could be interesting just because, again, he's a former NFL player, has a lot of experience, um, had a high pedigree coming out of college. So mm-hmm. I, I would be interested to see, like, how that would fit. Um, at the same time, I still am a little concerned with, you know, what's going on, you know, behind the scenes in Houston, uh, you know, with, with, you know, the ownership and, and the leadership there. So it, it could be a good hire. It could be a bad hire, but I, I am more concerned with like what's going on with, with Easterby and Concerio and w- what'll come of that moving forward. Last moment or two with Kalen Jones from the Ring of Talking NFL with us here on Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Last question from me, Kalen. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, of course, uh, his season ended last Saturday with the loss to San Francisco. And, of course, his former OC is now the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. Many, including yours, truly think that Aaron Rodgers will find his way over to Denver, maybe Devontae Adams as well if he doesn't get the franchise tag. What say you about the future of Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Look, man, I think the best thing he can do is stay in Green Bay, right? Like, to me, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, and even if, you know, I'm a back-to-back MVP, I'm looking at the Broncos, and in the vision, you've got Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, and Patrick Mahomes, and you got to play those guys twice, you know, per season. I I just think it's a really tough, um, not only division, but then you look at the rest of the conference, you know, Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Um, and, and the Bills, Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Like, there's just so many other elite quarterbacks within the conference that make your pathway towards a championship so much more difficult. So, to me, I think it makes a lot of sense to find a way to stay in Green Bay. Like you mentioned, Devontae Adams leaving, um, potentially like that. That could be a significant factor for Aaron Rodgers. And I think he actually mentioned that uh, the other day on Pat McAfee's show. But you know, it, it to me, the logical thing is to, you know, make nice with everyone in Green Bay, which, you know, all the reports suggest that he has over the past few, past year. Um, and, you know, make it work in Green Bay and try to make another run at a championship. Because, you know, if they had not run into a San Francisco team that was a really bad matchup for them, they would have had a really good shot at reaching the Super Bowl. I think they matched up really well with the Rams. I think they match up well with the Buccaneers. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I think, and especially when you consider Tom Brady might be considering leaving uh, the mm-hmm. NFC. Like, it, there's just a much easier pathway if you're Aaron Rodgers to stay uh, in Green Bay and try to contend for a Super Bowl title there as opposed to going to the AFC and making the road a little bit more difficult for yourself. But again, you know, I, I understand like we're, we're human beings. Um, he's allowed to feel the emotions that he's felt uh, for Green Bay's front office. And, you know, we'll see whether or not he stays. But logically, man, I, I wouldn't leave the NFC. I, I yeah, I, I agree with you. You can read his stuff on The Ringer. And 
at Ringer NFL. He is Kalen Jones. Kalen, where people can find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kalen Jones, K-A-E-L-E-N-J-O-N-E-S. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a blast. Seriously, this, appreciate This is it. a lot of fun. Thank you so yes. much, Kalen. Stay safe. Of course. Likewise. Stay safe. All right. Take care. Okay. All right. Once again, that was Kalen Jones from The Ringer. He covers the NFL for that great website. Check out his work and, of course, follow him on social media. Lakina, uh, that interview was too hot, but it was great. We need to cool off for a couple minutes. On the flip side, we'll bring in our buddy, Cream State Manica from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll get her championship Sunday picks, and we got some fun subjects from the world of sports and beyond to discuss with her as well. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You listen to a hashtag Football Friday edition of Sega City Sports. We're live in Living Color. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tonight, the Bulls take on the Raptors. Chicago a half game out of first place in the East, 29-17 and 17 overall. Struggling lately, they've dropped 7 of 10. The Raptors coming off a win. They're six games out of first, a game over 500, 23-22. Last night, they beat the Hornets 125-113 in Toronto. Tonight's matchup at United Center scheduled for a 7 o'clock tip-off. The Blackhawks are winless in four on the road tonight, visiting the Red Wings, 6.30 Central puck drop. The Hawks coming off a 2-0 shutout at Colorado on Monday night. Goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury reportedly receiving interest from the Washington Capitals as the trade deadline approaches. College basketball last night, big upset for number 24 Illinois, 56-55 over number 10 Michigan State. Loyola Chicago beat SIU 59-47. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders, dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Deep breaths. Mai's virtual meditation studio has never been busier. Imagine not working. They need a remote assistant to realign their scheduling. Blank calendar. Sorry, back to your breath. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Make calls, schedule virtual interviews, and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in, in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid and Lakina are here with you and join us as she usually does around this time for our last segment of the show on Fridays. It's a good buddy chicago's very young christine manica from kxrb <laughs> radio in sioux falls south dakota hi christine what's up, what's up? Hey, how's it going how's the weather, weather sioux falls because we we got like three or four inches of lake effects yes we there. did some of you folks still don't know how to drive and that's you folks have been <laughs> living here all your lives <laughs> i know uh, it's sunny here in the high 30s so we're we're all good over here 
Oh gosh, I, well that that's balmy. We'll take that at this point. But right. <laughs> it's, not too, it's not too bad here, though. Like you said, so we had that you know that lake effect snow earlier, but you know what? Well, like you said, I know my sister is one of the, the hates driving the snow, but that's, a, that's so a whole, do I. So do I. Well, yeah, who does? But yeah, that's a whole right. uh, whole nother story. We'll get to uh, Chrissy. I know you have your thoughts about the Bears, you know, yeah. G, new GM and coach, but. We'll get to that in a second, kind of a little tease of that. But, you know, first things, first business here. The first, you know, championship Sunday coming up this Sunday. This is probably one of my our favorite times of year. All right, first up, you got the Cincy and uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. They played in week 15, if you know, people forget. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs actually, I mean, I mean, uh, the Bengals actually beat the Chiefs. You know, and, uh, it was a kind of, it was a last second, like, I guess, you know, a touchdown drive, I, I think mm-hmm. so. Field goal. A field goal. Well, 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 it led to the field goal. I think. I think you know, it was like you know, Burrow to. Uh, I think it was Chase that that set up that field goal for them. But yeah, they able to pull that upset. But uh, so I'll start with you. Where do you see this game? A couple of keys for me for Kansas City. Uh, can you uh, uh, get the ball uh, running with uh, Daryl Williams and can you continue to convert on third down, especially in, in short yardage situations? They've been doing that um, to the uh, to the T all year. You saw that last week against Buffalo. Uh, on the flip side for Cincinnati, King, as you mentioned, King, King, keep Joe Burrow upright. He was sacked nine times, and, and they got away with it last week. They won't be able to get away with that on Sunday. And Joe Mixon, even though he scored a touchdown last week, you have to give him the rock and keep that Kansas City defense honest. He has to rush to close to 100 yards for Cincinnati to have any chance. Uh, do they have the talent to possibly get in a shootout with Kansas City like Buffalo did last week? They can, but I don't think they're strong enough. So, my pick is I'm I'm going with Kansas City. I told you uh, at the start of the season I expected the, the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm still going to stick with that. I think it's going to be surprisingly close early, but I think Kansas City is going to pull away in the fourth quarter. Kansas City is currently favored by seven. In the over-under total for this game stands at 54 and a half. All right, Christine. You know, first of all, it was just every single game last week was incredible. You could not have asked for any other games than that. That should be just a Super Bowl right there. Four games at once. Let's see who wins. (laughs) Um, But, but you know, any team that's in there right now, these four teams, they all deserve to be there in some way. So this either way, the Super Bowl is going to be great. When it comes to the Chiefs and Bengals, I should have stuck with my Bengals last week. I should have changed my mind and I should have stuck with it because – I did not get any picks last week, so I just sucked all around the board. Um, This is going to be a big passing game for sure. Now, here's the deal. Um, Mahomes, he's averaging about 310 passing yards. Mm -hmm. And then during the playoff situations, he's got 391 average for passing yards. So, and, and the same thing goes with Joe Burrow. He's not too far behind Mahomes in this. So expect a lot of passing and making this a strong passing game. Now the Bengals won this game to clinch that AFC North title. So Mm -hmm. that was a big win for them in itself. So I'm assuming Kansas is going to want to take charge and take that back saying, Hey, now we're going to go to the Super Bowl. You have the title, but we're going to the Super Bowl. So I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting game. What's cool for Joe Burrow is that he's going to be the first QB drafted first overall to start in a conference championship game. So that's going to be awesome for him. Um, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I I want to count the Bengals out totally, but I think because of 
the team, each team and where I'm looking at, you know, like veteran wise and who's been in situations like this before, I got to go with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals won, but I'm picking the Chiefs. If the defense for the Bengals can be opportunistic like they were last week, you know, they picked off Ryan Tannehill three times. You know, can they do the same thing thing against, you know, Pat Mahomes? That's going to be a tough task. As we've been saying, you know, can the O-line keep Joe Burrow upright? I know he can improvise a lot. He can, you know, he has mixing that he can hand the ball off to, but that's going to be the key. And also, too, I think the Chiefs, I think they feel like – I don't I don't think they're going to feel like they're going to coast. You know, yeah. they're a, this is a veteran squad, so I don't think they're going to feel like, oh, well, this is, you know, the Chiefs. Or we'll just, you know, it's the Bengals. So we'll just, you know, this, you know they're going to be nervous. So this is their fourth time. You know, they're all hats at this. I don't think it's going to be it. I say take the under, which is like the seven. You know, yeah, I take the under. I'm not going to say it's going to come down to like a touchdown drive, like a, you know, or like, you know, a field goal, you know, like it was in their first meeting. But you know what? If you're the Chiefs and then you don't want to take this Bengals team lightly, you know, they, they have this mentality of why not us? And I think they're going to follow that. But I think the Chiefs will do just that. This could go to overtime again. And I think Chiefs, again, will probably pull it off. Let's give Christine credit here when the Kansas City and Cincinnati met toward the end of the regular season. She, she said it was going to be a preview of the AFC title game. Yes, she That's did. why you watch and listen to Second City Sports. Mm-hmm. We tell you something is going to happen before they happen. And it's like, look, <laughs> here we are. For once, you're giving me credit on something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for once. Okay. For once. Uh, snarky. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but we love it. <laughs> all right. Going to probably the game. Uh, well, both of these games should be good, but I think this is definitely going to be the game. You know, on Fox, you know, the NFC title game, you know, these two teams, you know, they play each other. You know, Sid said it, you know, in our interview with Kalen, you know, a few minutes ago, you know, the 49ers have been the Rams the last six six times, including, you know, both meetings this season. Of course, the meeting that got the 49ers in the playoffs is actually going to be the 49ers 17th trip to the NFC, you know, title game. They've won seven of those games. They'll try to make it number eight. So, Christine, you start this one. This should be a fun one. Where do you stand? It's just the ultimate California matchup, you know. I think in a similar way, this is like a home game for both teams just because it's in the home state, and this might as well just be the Super Bowl just because of fans coming in from both sides. Um, but but you cannot deny the athleticism that the Rams have on their teams. I, I heard something a couple of days ago, and it, it's really true. The Rams have the highest caliber of football on a team ever seen before. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't deny that their defense is unmatched and Cooper Cup is just a stud. I mean, him and his connection with Stafford is alone undeniable. So that last catch of the game, it said it all to me. Um, I, at this point, I could see them holding on to a strong lead for the entire game. But like what we saw last week with the Buccaneers, I wouldn't be surprised if they ease up a little bit and they do let the 49ers catch up on them. On the other hand, you know, the pa- they beat the Packers, the 49ers. I mean, Robbie Gold, former Bear, what a, what a great way to say screw you to not only Chicago, but the Packers too. That so, is your dagger. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Wayne Larry. <laughs> so, this one is tough because it's hard to fight the athleticism of the Rams with the 49ers. So if it comes down to the field goal, you can guarantee that the 49ers are going to make it. No problem, especially with Robbie Gold. If we're talking about defense and scoring and athleticism, it's going to go to the Rams. So 
can you come back to me? I literally have been questioning this one <laughs> all day because I don't know. Like, I, I want to say the Rams are going to win it, and it'd be cool for them because that would be another Super Bowl where a team has home field advantage. But I don't know. You, I think that – Okay, I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, I can't fight the athleticism, and especially what I saw, I, I can't fight it. So I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> Here's the thing. The 49ers got away with one last week, even though it was sweet for us Bears fans. Uh, the 49ers had no points on offense. They cannot do that again against the Rams on Sunday. Jimmy G must play much better. The running game has to be better. And you have to use your tight end, George Kittle, a little bit more like he did in the second half. On the flip side for the Rams, you almost gave that game away with four turnovers. Uh, Tom Brady would be playing right now if it wasn't uh, uh, wasn't for Cooper Cup's catch late on was. that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, on that uh, game turned out to be that game uh, game winning field goal drive. Uh, the Rams, as we talked about all season, guys, when they out physical, they usually lose. The 49ers can out out tough you and out physical you. The Rams have been having trouble with that all year. Look at that Tennessee Titans game from earlier this season. Of course, mm -hmm. look at the 40, both 49ers games. It, it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I'm kind of with you, Christine, yeah. but I've been on I've been on this uh, this team's train all, all playoff long. I'm going to go for it one more time, or one more game, as you young folks would say. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers by a field goal. All right. Okay. I've been, I'm with you, Christine. I've been back and forth on this. I mean, this, this really is a coin flip game. It is. I know, look, mm -hmm. I know the, the 49ers have won six in a row. Yes. The OS is hard to beat a team three times in one year. Yes. I know they, this is for the Super Bowl. It, it's really going to depend on, look, you know, minimize them, you know, the mistakes with, uh, with Jimmy G and see if Debo Samuel can kind of be that all, you know, all around, you know, all-purpose, you know, offensive guy. Yeah. I mean, hopefully his know, knee is okay because yeah, he got hit yeah. with the helmet with that knee last week. Yeah, I haven't heard anything that you know is going to be an issue. You know, our, mm -hmm. our girl uh, Kylan uh, Mills, who does a great job covering the covering the Forty Niners over, you know, in, in the Bay Area over mm -hmm. at uh, yeah, I know we just had her on, but KRON, KRON in the Bay Area. But you know, I haven't seen anything about you know he has been practicing you know the last couple of days, so maybe that means he will play. If the defense can go force, you know, Stafford to kind of, you know, I remember Von, you know, Von Miller, that was his first game Von Miller, you know, didn't play, you know, in those games. I, I don't think he, I don't think he played in that meeting, that second meeting either. So he's no. definitely going to be an X, X factor too. So, you know, geez, I, I don't Cooper cup, you know, the safety for the 49ers are kind of, but you know, Jesus, this is, again, this could come down to a field goal again. So yeah. I'll just give it to the Rams. I, I, you know, maybe because it's home field, I guess, I don't, it's, it's, it's just it's just crazy at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's like home field for both teams, though. That's right. the thing. So, well, yeah, well, yeah and of course, I guess the tickets are to say, say it's going to be more 49ers fans. There will be Rams fans. You know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, I don't know. But. And the Ra and the Rams organization trying to ban 49ers fans. Good luck with that. It's not yeah, going to happen. Not happen. <laughs> look, you've got people who live in uh, San Fran that live in that work in San Fran and live in Los Angeles. So, like, they people need it. I know it's like about a three or four hour, like, you know ride but right you know that that's just silly but you know we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll see once they get there over at the, yeah the, the rams game. are favored by three and a half and the over under total stands at 45 and a half <sighs> okay uh stay away from that 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 point total because yeah. i don't i, I, I think no they idea. could be low I, if i was a bad man i'll bet under the under 46 <laughs> all right 
But you know what, though? Look, I think, like, NBC, I think Chrissy, you said NBC, they sh they'll be happy regardless. I mean, yeah. you can't go wrong with any one of these combinations, you know, these four teams. Yeah, you can kind of say that, you know, they were opportunistic for the Bengals, but the other three, you kind of figured that they would probably be in the championship game. But, right. yeah, that, it should be, this, look, as long as they're both entertaining, I think, you know, you can't really go wrong. All right, those are our championship Sunday picks here on Second City Sports on Sportsville Chicago, along with Cindy Brown and KXRB's Christine Medica. I am Lakina McGee. All right, Christine, I know you've been you've been you know gearing up. I know you've probably been so hurt you know on your shows this week, but uh, what say you about these Bears moves? You know, of course, you know Ryan Ryan Poles. You know, of course, the guy that helped build that Chiefs. You know, hope scouted and draft some of those you know Chiefs players. Um, he's down the GM, of course, Matt Eberflus or yeah. Eberflus. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll correct it once they do. It, or remember also to the press that they'll have a press conference, introductory press conference with both these guys at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, you know, Monday. So, you know, I'm sure we'll have coverage on here. I'm sure, you know, Sean and I will have the coverage yeah. there on Monday. So, but yeah, what do you think of these moves, Christine? A lot can happen in a week, can it? Um, it's just so... Correct me if I'm wrong, but when George McCaskey announced, you know, what they were going to do going forward, getting rid of Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace, I, I thought that they were going to really take their time with all these decisions. And I thought that they were going to look for more experienced people. Ryan Poles does not entirely scream, yes, I'm an experienced person to me. I get it that he's got a great eye for scouting. He did wonders with the Chiefs in that regard. Um, but he's 36 years old. You know, this is his first general manager position. This is his first big gig. So to have the Bears pick him right away off the bat saying, oh, let's just throw him to the Wolves and see what happens. I don't think that was the smartest idea that they that they have. It just it doesn't make sense to me when you have all these other qualified general managers out there like Jeff Ireland. I don't I don't understand why I, I guess, you know, I've read all the reviews about polls and I'm, I'm going to trust it and say, OK, maybe he knows what he's doing. But until we see some sort of a result, I, I don't think we can all like fully have our judgments. Same thing goes with uh, Coach Eberflus. It, it's like, where did he come from? It, it, that pick came out of nowhere, kind of. And. It, you know, it's just, it, it's interesting. Although everyone can, you know, hit, moan and groan about it. Um, I wouldn't count him out either as being a good head coach. I ate my words this year when I said, you know, the Colts aren't going to be great, especially with Carson Wentz. Look at what the Colts did this year. Now, I know they lost their last three games of the season, but they had a way better turnout than what the Bears did. So that is <laughs> seriously, they had a way better season than what the Bears did. So until fair, I see yeah. this guy coaching and getting into the, the swing of things, I'm going to hold off my judgment just because he's coming from a good uh, organization that had a better season than what the Bears did. So you can – Moan and groan, like I said, how long that you want, but this is the future. This is Ryan and Matt 2.0. We'll see what happens. We talked about this earlier, Lakina. You have to give young people their shot. They got to start somewhere. So, yeah. and I like, and I like that uh, the Bears. Uh, and we talk about the Vikings too, also having their first uh, Black American GM uh, in their franchise's history. You have to uh, 
uh, give young people their shot. And I just want to see both these guys succeed uh, under a, a fair system. Yeah. Now, on the flip side with the new head coach for the Chicago Bears, we talked about this earlier, Lakina. Uh, the, uh, the coach laid the AFC in takeaways this year with 33. Mm -hmm. Well, but the most uh, the thing that I like the most about this new head coach uh, from what I've read and heard, he holds his defensive unit accountable. Yeah. If you're not hustling mm -hmm. and making plays, you're not paying attention to detail. Does it sound familiar to Bill Belichick or Bill Belichick on this show? <laughs> Bill Belichick, he holds these players accountable. And what's been the one of ma one major problem during the Matt Nagy era? Guys against dumb penalties, undisciplined play, taunting fouls, and, 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 and making excuses yeah. for it in front of mm -hmm. the media. I'm glad that's uh, potentially is going to get cleaned up. Because that was a major problem that I had, and not too many people yeah. wanted to talk about. And who knows? Maybe Khalil Mack can even benefit from him too, since this guy has a defensive eye. Because we didn't really see a lot of Mack play big plays this season, so that'd be nice to get back to that too. That that's well, if he's brought back. Mm. Yeah, I'll say yeah. They true. might they that's might true. trade him. They might they might trade him a dump salary. So you never that's know. True. And speaking of, you know, we were talking about a, a good old C, uh, Tom Silverstein, Silverstein, I should say, who is who has covered the Packers forever. I mean, I know the name may sound familiar to some of you. Yeah, he is reporting that Packers QB's coach and passing game coordinator has an offer to become the new uh, Bears, uh, the Bears, uh, you know, OC. That's Lou Getzey. You know, he's been there. He's been, you know, of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers and you know those guys for the last few years. So. Apparently the job is his for the taking, you know, Mr. Getzey. So we'll see if he accepts it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I want to mm -hmm. uh, uh, run this point by Christine as well. We talked yeah. about uh, we talked about this earlier, Lakina, that uh, this new coach is that whenever they hire the new defensive coordinator in the offensive coordinator, these new coaching staffs go over every single game that is played. Uh, the prior season, you know, this new coaches coaches that was going to have a, a a paper bag and, and probably a big garbage, <laughs> uh, garbage dump in the office, uh, looking at every single They're game from this past there. season. Matt Nagy did this, he did that. What players, who, uh, which players quit, which players didn't, and which players could be brought back? And are we, if you're a defensive uh, coordinator, are we staying with the three four? Or are we going to the four three? If we go to the four three, which players on this roster can we use? Uh, I, I'm not gonna say I feel sorry for this new coaching staff, but it's gonna be a lot of long nights <laughs> looking at that feel for this past yeah. season. <laughs> well, and then you gotta think of the players too. They've been going about the same routine for maybe two or three seasons, whatever the mm -hmm. case is, and mm -hmm. now they have to start over from scratch too. So whatever mm -hmm. they were doing before, it, it's all about to change. And this could be a good thing for a lot of guys, especially the rookies. Maybe this is a time for Justin Fields to get out his habits, whatever he learned from Nagy. Maybe even whatever didn't get cleaned up from his time at Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. his name is being flown around as well. So, yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, look, they're going to be – I would say kill all this stuff with fire. Kill it. Kill it with fire. Kill all of it. Kill yeah. all, those, all, those, all those things. But, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of one of those things where we just don't know. I mean, Josh McCown might get the Texans job. Uh, mm -hmm. Minnesota's still, you know, out there and up for grabs. Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach, you know, for the Broncos. Yeah. There's still a couple more openings. You know, the you know, Miami job is still up for grabs. Brian Dable may have his pick. He's supposed to be having a second interview for the Dolphins. So what, what do you, besides the Bears, what do you think, you know, head coaching job is the most intriguing that's left, Christine? 
You know, I think the Saints, it, it, it's a, oh, it was okay. kind of shocking that Sean Payton announced that, yeah, I'm done. And it's like, wait a minute, what? You still have three seasons on your contract. Now, granted, I think a lot of Saints fans saw it coming, that mm-hmm. he was almost on his way out. Whether he goes to a different team in the NFL or whether he takes this time to take the year off and figure out what's the next step for him, that's going to be a big position to fill. Sean Payton did a lot for that organization, and not just for the organization, but for the whole city of New Orleans, too, with Katrina and then rebuilding the Dome and helping out that community. So he has made a significant impact. So those are that job is definitely enticing, especially because, you know, they're, they're big shoes to fill. They're a salary cap hell, hell though, I think. $75 so, yeah. million dollars worth it in, yeah. the, in the red. <laughs> probably gonna, that might be why he left, I think. Yep. He, he turned out into like, okay, yeah, room we have to start over. So, yeah, uh, good night, everybody. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Sid, I know you got some a couple of uh, other like media news you want to share with us. Uh, it, it, I want to get Christine's thoughts that uh, uh, the – Amazon is trying to woo uh, woo uh, Troy Aikman over to do Thursday night games for possibly Al Michaels. Does this mean that Troy Aikman Troy Aikman leaves Fox? I doubt it. But uh, speaking of Sean Payne, you, know, you mentioned Christine. He made uh, like I say he could take a year off just to chill. Or I know Fox was rumored to uh, hire him to do studio work or uh, in game analysis. Uh, what do you think? That, uh, do you think that Sean Payne will do that for a year or two? I wouldn't be surprised if we see him doing game analysis stuff. I don't think he's going to be working behind the scenes. If they're going to have someone like him, they're going to want him front and center because he's going to have the key eye to whatever the coaching staff is talking about or whatever the coaching staff is telling their players on the sideline in that type of situation. So definitely I wouldn't be surprised if we see him as a game analyst. Um, as far as, you know, the Troy Aikman situation, Joe Buck and Aaron Andrews have both said, yeah, we don't want him to leave. And I don't think Troy Aikman wants to leave either. So if, if that is the case with Fox, that'd be a huge shakeup. Yeah. 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 Here's the thing. I'll give it back to you in a second, Bikina. But here's the thing. Let's just say uh, Sean Payne gets hired to do uh, a game broadcast. Do you do you really want to stick him and uh, him with the number one crew with Buck and Aikman? Well, it's well, bad enough that I got to watch Joe Buck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> or do you stick him in the number two booth with Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, one-time former Bear who should never have been traded, but that's a whole other issue. But do you stick him in the number two booth with Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, who did a great job this year? That wouldn't be bad. It wouldn't be bad, but at the same time, I – I don't know how I would feel with him being on a game broadcast. There are some guys that have it. It's some guys that don't have it when it comes to calling the game. Tony Romo, he's great at what he does. He's mm-hmm. a great color analyst. Um, and then again, you have some guys that just don't know what to say in those situations, and it bites them in the butt. So I, I can't <laughs> say I see him in either position, in all honesty. Well, yeah, and also, too, you know, I don't – they might keep him in the studio, I think, because I think he might be more suited for it. You know, right. That's just my opinion. But, you know, but Sean Payne's got a great personality. And look, if you're Fox, do you stick him in, you know, your top two, you know, your top, you know, you know, top two announcing crews, you know, when he might be leaving in a couple of years. So you need consistency. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the Eggman situation, I mean, he's been very honest. He said, look, I may do it in addition to, but I don't think he's going to leave. 
Yeah, I, look, I heard Buck saying that you know in the in the podcast. I think he you know he did a couple uh, with uh, a couple uh, days ago, and yeah, I know he doesn't want he doesn't want to leave. They've been together for, like this will be their twenty first you know season together. You know this is gonna be their first twenty first NFC Championship together. I don't think they I don't think Fox is gonna want to do that. I don't think it's his contract's not even up to I think like twenty twenty three. So they're gonna have to. Amazon's got to fork over some money if they want to get him out of that contract. So mm-hmm. I think they're gonna. I think he's gonna do it in addition to. He actually likes doing those Thursday night games, believe yeah. it or not, which I, I find it hard to believe. I know Tony Romo said he hated doing those. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, I don't. I don't think either. I, yeah, I think he's gonna do it addition to. I don't think he's gonna leave Fox. You yeah. know, Fox is gonna do everything they can. You know, I'm sure they might. I don't think money is that important. I'm sure they're gonna, you know, bump his, you know, bump his pay up so that he doesn't leave. But yeah, he probably if he does end up doing, you know, Amazon games, it's gonna be a, a digital. I don't think he's not gonna leave Fox. Yeah, I'm sure Fox will open it up for him. Like, okay, you know what? If you want to do Thursday night with uh, Amazon, do some studio stuff with them. Okay, you can. But you know, but you know, you're sticking with us. One more piece of football news before you switch over to basketball. Uh, Christine, I know you weren't alive when this uh, league took place in the early 80s, but the United States Football League, a.k.a. the USFL, is making its return. The first game will be broadcast simulcast on NBC and Fox Saturday, April 16th. Christine, I know the XFL tried to – they made a comeback right before the pandemic a couple years ago. Actually, it wasn't too bad, but some people think that uh, football all year round – uh, it is great because when you miss the NFL in the offseason, uh, some of you football folks need your fix. Uh, the USFL is going to take a crack at it. Are you looking forward to spring football or are you, are you just saying, let me watch my other sports? When the NFL comes back, I'll be ready for football then. I mean, I remember when the XFL came back, and wasn't it different when the reporters were actually talking to the players after yeah. it happened? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. who knows if they're going to do that this time around? That's always risky because, you know, after Very a play, risky. you never know what they're going to say afterwards. Um, I'm the type of person that doesn't mind a little extra bit of football. Um, but then again, I like to have my sports separated a little mm-hmm. bit and not mm-hmm. get too much of an overload. So once in a while, sure, all the time. Eh, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, yeah, I was kind of like a ticket. When the USFL was around, I, it was going to take the lever for me. So, like, I it didn't really matter too much to me. Now, before we get to the basketball, of course, you know, baseball announced their Hall of Fame inductions. And it's Happy. the day- Yeah, it's the David Ortiz show. <laughs> David Ortiz is the only player that was selected to the, this year's Hall of Fame class. Of course, he had 500 home runs, won three World Series in his career, you know, one of four, you know, guys to do that. Um, you know, all of you, know, of course, Babe Ruth, you know, Reggie, you know, Reggie Jackson, of course, Mickey Mantle, all three of them are in the Hall of Fame. So Big Poppy joins them. Now, of course, mm-hmm. you know, Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, you know, in their last year of eligibility. I think they'll, I think they will get in because, you know, the, you know, the committee and stuff like that. I don't know who's going to make up for that. Yeah, um, he was, you know, Ortiz was the only one that got 70, you know, over 75% of the vote. And, you know, Scott Rowland was very close. He'll probably get in next year. He might also be the only one, too. I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, so what do you guys think of, you know, of all of this? Yep. I don't think I've ever been around where only one player was selected to the Hall of Fame. So this is just interesting in itself. Um, I know a lot of people were saying Roger Clemens should be in it. And he put out a tweet saying, hey, look. I stopped caring about being in the Hall of Fame like 10 years ago. So everybody else move on. I've moved on. So let me just enjoy my life. Um, I'm happy for David Ortiz, though. He was one of my favorites when I was watching uh, the, the Boston Red Sox. So 
good for him and his excitement when he got the call too. I I love that video. I can't get over it. Yeah, let's let's not kid ourselves too. Uh, David Ortiz working in the media, especially with Fox, has helped him uh, uh, with his uh, calls of getting yeah. to the Hall of Fame. Of course, his yeah. resume speaks for itself: three championship rings, over five hundred for home runs. But him being in the media, being the loving guy that he is. Uh, that that helped him as well. Will it do the same thing for Alex Rodriguez? I'm not sure because people hate him more than than Big Poppy. Oh but but yeah. but going back to Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, I think with this veterans committee, uh, they'll finally get it because both those guys were putting up tremendous numbers anyway before they alleged steroid use. Yeah, 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 I agree. And also too, Scott Rowland, who look, I think he should get in. I know you know some people think he's in the Hall of Very Good, but here. Here's just some of the names. I won't say all of them, but good because they're about a dozen. But there, there are just some of the names. Carl for next year. That's going to be up for the first first year. Carlos Beltran, Francisco Rodriguez, K. Rod, Jared Weaver, Ari Dickey, Matt Kane, John Lackey. Of course, you know won his last World Series with the Cubs. Andre Ethier, Jason Worth, Bronson Arroyo, Jacoby Ellsbury, J.J. Hardy, and Johnny Peralta. Are any of those guys going to get in the Hall of Fame? You know, first ballot next year? No, I don't think no. so. No. So it'll be the so it'll be the Scott Rowland show next year. <laughs> and Mark Burley, uh, the former pitcher for the White Sox from the 05 team, I think he got four or five percent of the vote. So yep. uh, he'll be on the ballot for next year. Yeah. Will he finally get in? Uh, uh, it won't be next year, but will he finally get in? Maybe. It, it, it's gonna be a tough climb for him. Maybe. I remember too. I think I think Jerry Ryan was part of that committee that you know outside of the other 10 years, so he might sneak his way in. I don't That's know. That's probably the only way he's going to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Right. Uh, all right, Christine, you know, the Bulls and the NBA, what are your thoughts real quick? You know, I think it's terrible with what happened during that Bucks game. I mean, the poor guy, Alex, just came back. Then all of a sudden, boom, wrist broken, six, eight weeks out. That yes. That is pretty significant, and, and not to mention the fact I believe ball is still out too. Mm -hmm. So yes. that's a that's a lot of big losses. But you know what? I've been saying it from the beginning. This team can handle anything. They can handle any sort of adversity that's being thrown in their way. And again, you have to give credit to the coaches for that, for maintaining that strong leadership and that strong com camaraderie. And you got to give credit to the bench players to be like, all right. I'm I'm going in. This is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to help my team. I want to make an impact in some way. Uh, what are your thoughts about DeMar DeRozan um, being named a starter for the All-Star Game in a few Yay. weeks? I think that's awesome. You know, I saw that video of Zach Levine saying, uh, can I have your attention, please? Yeah. Captain <laughs> Zach in the house. Yeah, I, I love it. I think that's great for him. His stats speak for himself the way that he's been a real playmaker for this Bulls team. Good for him. There's a reason why he's a he's a five time All Star. <laughs> yeah, most people said that that move uh, during the off season by AK and GM Mark Eversley was foolish. Uh, uh, those people are eating their words now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the Bulls, well look, look, the Bulls uh, Twitter account. You know, congrats to those guys because they they played it very well. I mean, bad fit. You know, he and Zach won't get along and blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? Hey, look what happens now. Uh, John Moran makes his first all-star appearance, so you love seeing that. Yeah, I know. I know our buddy Jason Pfeiffer has been touting him since he was at Murray State. So And don't forget you know, our buddy Dave, Big Dave Watson, too, calls yes. the Locked oh, on yes, Bulls yes, podcast. Yes. 
yeah, so yeah, Dave's definitely been touting him as well. So yeah, so congrats to him, of course, LeBron for like the. Oh, I thought that was hilarious. I know, right? That was like funny. <laughs> how like, we... What? What's going on? I did a little research on him. So his parents were actually big basketball stars at um, Arkansas, I believe, and his mom in particular was one of their top shooting guards. So the fact that this kid is in his first, you know, NBA team, on his first NBA team ever, being thrown in and LeBron is talking to him, he's probably thinking, oh my gosh, LeBron James is talking to me. Oh my gosh, he's <laughs> telling me what to do. Oh my gosh, what he's saying to me is not making sense, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> I'm just going to nod and yeah, that, that gif is probably going to be like go on forever. I know he, oh, he loves yeah. that. All right, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, you know, Steph Curry, John Morant, and Andrew Wiggins are your – Andrew Wiggins for the first time. It was the first time. Uh, yeah, he's really – he could be your comeback player of the year. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely been kicking butt. And uh, Kevin Durant, you know, of course, he's heard uh, Giannis, Antetok Giannis Antetokounmpo. I almost got it. Uh, wow, B, good job. I, I know, right? And, uh, you know, DeMar, of course, and Trey Young going for the second straight year. So, yeah, so a couple of good ones here. Yeah, of course the reserves will be announced next week, and uh, I don't, I don't think I'll have to get out my pitchfork. Of course, uh, the reserves are picked by the coaches, but Zach Levine's name should be mentioned by this time yeah. uh, next week. We will bring you on, Christine. I, I, I hope you're right, Sid. So Lakina is getting her audio issues together. What are you looking forward to uh, besides Championship Sunday this weekend, Christine? Oh boy, um. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question, Sid. I don't know. Probably just putting my feet up, relaxing. I actually have a little bit of work I got to do tomorrow. So I'm just looking. I love football. I love this time of year. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Some really good, you know, NBA games. We talked about it earlier. Also, some great college games. You got the, you got the SEC, Big 12 Challenge. Yes, don't ask me why they're doing this in the middle of conference season. I don't know. I know it, it's absurd. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. So, yeah. So, a busy sports, you know, Sunday. This is a great time of year. And, yeah, it's a whole lot of fun. Yes, it is a whole lot of fun. Real quick, Christine, uh, 45 seconds or less. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, do you think that he's played his last game in Green Bay? And if so, where do you see him playing next year? Yes. It's probably the first of a thousand times we ask you this question. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I think he'll be, if Nathaniel Hackett is in Denver, he's going to mm -hmm. go to Denver. I definitely could see that. So we'll see what happens with Mr. Rodgers. He says he's not going to drag this out like he did last year. Of course, the new league calendar year slash free agency starts on March 16th. March 16th, yep. All right, Lakina, another great show today here on the Hashtag Football Friday right here on SportsZone Chicago. We'd like to thank Mr. Kalen Jones from The Ringer uh, who covers the NFL. Hey. He hopped on with us to talk NFL Bears and Championship Sunday. Follow him on social media. Read his stuff at TheRinger.com. So we'd like to thank him for joining us uh, here today. Of course, we'd like to thank our girl Christine Manica hey. as always. She's here every Friday giving us her takes, hot takes <laughs> along with her hot picks from football. So we'd like to thank her as well. Lakina, close us out. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Girl McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you? They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore KXRB. Mish. 
Go Make ahead, sure you Jake. download that Sports Zone Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you download our, our subscribe to our podcast, uh, Second City Sports at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms. And follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. I know it's snowy out, snowy outside in the Midwest, and you know I know the East is going to get hammered with even more snow and ice. So just be safe, and uh, you know be good to each other. And look, if you're not going to wash your get get the vaccine, wash your hands. You know, I, I messed up there for a second. But yeah, make sure you guys wash your hands. And like I said, just be good to each other. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakian. This has been Second Seed Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you next week. Till Monday, go Bulls! Holla. <laughs>